This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Books Network podcast. I'm Deidre Tyler. Today, we'll be talking with Leanna Kale Sparks, author of The Wrong Woman. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. I'm inside. Um, I've got air conditioning on, which is good, since Fort Worth is about 103 degrees right now. So, But otherwise, I'm doing really good. How are you? Doing good. Can you good. tell us a little something about yourself? And how you started this project? Uh, it's it's um, so I I originally um, went to law school and did the the criminal defense thing for a little while and some family law things for a little while and um, then decided my husband was in the navy and we kept moving around to places that. I had to keep taking the bar exam because I wasn't in one place long enough to establish um, a uh, um, where I didn't have to take the bar exam at every new state. So I decided I went to him one day and I said, I think I'm done with this law thing. and I think I just like to write because then I can go anywhere with with it. And he said, OK. And that started me writing. And uh, this particular story started out. I just sat down one day and I'm like, I'm going to write a thriller. And that's what I, I sat down and I started it. It was a short story. It started out as a short story and I gave it to another author friend who is also an editor that I trust. And she said, this is what you're meant to be writing. You're supposed to be writing this. And so it kind of, I kind of pushed it away a little bit and kind of did some other projects. And then one day I just pulled it out and I said, nope, this is what I'm doing. And I expanded it into a full novel and found myself an agent and she found me a publisher and away we went. Now, this is a crime thriller. How did you develop the whole plot? Tell us about that process. Um, well, so for me, a story comes and it kind of runs like a movie through my head. So I am a definite plotter. There are kind of two basic types of writers, plotters and what we call pantsers, which are the fly by the seat of their pants. They don't know where the story's going at all. I can't do that. I have to know where the story's going. So I, uh, I got up and I, I, I had this story that was kind of running through my head. And um, the, of course, the first version looks a lot different than the version that was actually published, but I, I just started writing it. Um, and then I, I had my, my little wall and I had a bunch of, uh, sticky notes of things that I needed to happen and I'd move them all around and where evidence had to come in and just kind of changed up the, the whole story that way and made it kind of all fit together. And then when I expanded it, I had to add in a few more red herrings and uh, a few more sub stories, subplots. Um, and yeah, just, it, it kind of grew from there. It didn't take long after I decided that 
I was going to expand it into a full novel for it to become the full novel. Now, tell the audience about Kendall Beck. She's an interesting character. Oh, I love Kendall. Um, Kendall was originally going to college um, to be just a worker bee. You know, um, hope, she was hoping to find a job in um, some big company where she'd have her little cubicle and do her work and be done nine to five and go and have fun. And uh, during college, she was a um, she worked as a waitress or a bartender at a um, casino in Colorado. And that's so she would only work on the weekends. And so she'd work long hours and leave early in the morning and go back to Denver. And on her way back into town one day, she comes across this woman who is standing in the middle of the road and it's like three, four o'clock in the morning. So this is odd. And um, so she stops and the woman actually had been kidnapped and she'd gotten away from her kidnapper. And so Kendall takes her and goes. And that kind of sort of turns the tide for her. And so she becomes this new character, this new person where she, the, the woman that she tried to save essentially eventually killed by the kidnapper. And so Kendall goes through this kind of, I, I, I failed her. And so um, her best friend Gwen says, you know, you need to turn this into something, all this rage and, and this, um, these feelings of guilt that you have and do something with it. And so she becomes an FBI agent and she joins the crimes against children um, unit of the FBI, which I did a lot of research on that unit way before I ever started writing Kendall Beck. And I thought it was just an, such an important area of the FBI that, that I wanted my character to be involved in that because I do really think that they do fabulous work there. Um, and it's important work. And so I wanted her to be a part of that so I could hopefully highlight it a little bit. Now, the setting is Denver. Why it Denver? Is. Well, I am a Colorado girl at heart. Um, I grew, was born in Colorado Springs, grew up in Colorado Springs, and then uh, married and moved away. But I, I just, I, I struggled with um, where to put it. And I thought Denver was a really good area just because they have, there's a lot of people, of course, um, there's lots of areas, but there's two major kind of interstates that run through there, I-25 going north and south, and then east-west is 70. Um, but I thought that, that I-25 corridor would just be really good because there's places you can go from there. You can go up north into Wyoming, you can go down into Colorado Springs, you can go all over, um, but, but that's like a good hub for what I need to happen as far as... Um, child trafficking um, and sex trafficking. And so I, I just thought that that was good, a, a good place. Plus you can kind of get lost in there. Um, I like to try and be as close to, you know, I, I, I like to make the setting as realistic as possible, but I don't live there. And even if I did live there, I think I'd probably still get it wrong, but I thought it was big enough that the majority of the people aren't going to know if I've made a mistake. <laughs> Right. Now, give us uh, a little bit more information about Kendall. She is pretty rough, but there's a lighter <laughs> side to her, too. Yeah, she's um, she's very sarcastic. Um, she's she's very she she's got a quick temper. Um, and I think it, it does come from her, her feelings of guilt. Plus what she does for a living is, is not exactly a, a fun job. Um, it's a necessary job, but not fun. Um, 
and so she's kind of got this uh she's kind of a, a little bit of a dichotomy she's very funny when she you know she gets to know people um and and things and so i i hoped that that translated into somebody that you that the readers could connect with and think this is somebody that they could go and just take it have a seat and drink a cup of coffee with and just be a normal person but she also has this edge to her also where she's very much um she can get very focused on what needs to get done and she's very serious about what needs to get done and she tends to take on the issues of her of, of people that she's that like the families of the children that she's trying to find the missing children and things like that so it's very it it, it bothers her a lot she fights fiercely for them and she feels horribly for them, but she doesn't really like to show that part. So that's kind of internal to her where she struggles with this, um, this sadness and this need to right these wrongs and, and find these children and save them um, when it may already be too late to do that. You brought up a lot of social issues in the book. One being serial killers, child mm-hmm. abuse, missing children. Tell us, how did you, develop an interest in looking at these social issues? Oh, wow. Um, I think that just, so I've always been interested in um, like criminal law and, and, and things like that. And I think once I I decided writing um, serial killers are just, we, we, for a long time, nobody understood what they were. And then we started making these connections of, Oh, it's always, I think we got pigeonholed into, oh, it's always the, you know, a kid that, um, well, when they're children, they go and they, they kill animals and they do this and they do that. And so there was, they started to make these profiles of this is what a serial killer looks like. And then, um, I started going to this wonderful conference for writers called the Writers Police Academy. And I met, um, Dr. Catherine Ramslin, who, interviewed and wrote a book about uh, the BTK killer in Kansas City. Um, and, and she knows a lot about serial killers. And so in reading her books and in talking to her and just this whole um, idea that it, it, it's this person next, the, the person next door that she never really would have thought could do these things. And they, it's not just, they, they don't just always do the same thing. Um, you know, it's not just, some of them do have a pattern, but a lot of times they evolve just like everybody evolves. Um, their method of killing can evolve. Um, what satiates them can evolve. And so it's very interesting to kind of delve into that and and consider where somebody kind of goes off the rails. Because I think a lot of times we sit here and we go, you know, something will bother you so bad, like a social issue, um, and for, for in Kendall's case, the, the idea of, um, you know, somebody hurting a child and you think if I ever found the person who did this, I, I, I'd kill him. And, but you wouldn't because, you know, that that's not acceptable. And there's something in most people that says, yeah, that's, that's taking it a step too far. You can't do that. That's murder, blah, blah. But in some people it's, they don't have that. They don't have that, that that whatever holds people back and and makes them accountable, they don't care. And so it's kind of interesting. And as a writer, it's, it's a wide open field. I mean, serial killers are just, 
they're they're just you don't quite understand them and nobody quite understands them except maybe the experts and even then i don't think they fully understand them so you you can you can make a serial killer almost any person you want to and it, and you can it's just really interesting to delve into that but i think for me it's kind of interesting to think where is that line because i think kendall sometimes she feels like she straddles that line between you know what's right and what's wrong and there's just set a, a little just a little nudge of some type could could push some people over that line to do something that they never thought they were capable of doing and so that that whole dichotomy kind of like interests me a lot well you know one really interesting aspect of your book without giving all the details you put the fbi and a local detective together that's an interesting pair tell us a little about that right um i i love adam he's our our denver homicide detective and yeah i i wanted to i think that if i had focused the book on uh, sex trafficking and and the the missing girl um, Emily that Kendall is looking for and finds at the beginning of the book um, that's such a heavy heavy subject and so um, and and I know it sounds weird but I thought I'd lighten it up a little bit maybe <laughs> with the uh, with another death and so I I just really like the idea of the the FBI and this uh, local cop working together to solve um, the murder of Kendall's best friend. And, and so she's not officially investigating it, but she does do a lot of investigation. She works closely with Adam and they develop a friendship. And, and so I just, I really like the idea of so many times we see in stories where the, the, you know, FBI doesn't work with the local law enforcement. And I just don't think that that's true at all. Everything that I've ever seen, in meeting FBI agents and local authorities and stuff is that they do work hand in hand, especially on these types of issues with um, child trafficking and, and the sex trafficking and things like that. But so I just, I really wanted them to, to not work together in the FBI or not both be detectives at the police department. I wanted there to be, and it really helps to be able to weave together maybe a couple of different storylines or two three or four different storylines if she does something completely different than what he does. But somehow they kind of manage to work together. Now, Gwen, tell us about Gwen's life a little bit, her boyfriend in specifics. Well, Gwen was, um, Gwen and Kendall were college roommates and they remained friends. And when Kendall went off to go to Quantico for the FBI training, and then she came back to Colorado, they maintained their friendship and actually became roommates again. Um, Gwen is really successful. She runs um, a restaurant in Denver that is very high end. Um, it's very popular. Uh, and, and she wants to expand the business. She is um, in business with her fiance, Ty, who is the head chef. And so that's kind of how they kind of fit together and, they, they started dating back in college and then, you know, he had this interest in cooking. So he became a chef and she was very business minded. And so she decided to open up a restaurant and they kind of worked together, but you see how working together and playing together doesn't always mesh well 
because there's always some type of overlap with if things are going bad at work, it's necessarily going to come into your relationship. And I think that's where the issue started um, happening with Ty and Gwen um, in their relationship. And, and what bothers Kendall, I think the most is that she just didn't have a sense of this. Um, and, and she thought everything was fine. And she, so she's coming to this realization throughout this investigation that there was a lot of stuff she didn't know about her, her best friend. So that adds on a lot more guilt on top of that. So, um, but Gwen and Ty, yeah, they had, they had a good relationship until they didn't. (laughs) And, uh, and, and that's, I, I think that that's, that's what happens in real life all the time. And, and it's, you never really know what is going on behind closed doors or even, you know, to, to people that you think you're close to. And so there's always things that you just don't know about, about other people and, and their lives and, and the issues that they're having. There are many messages that your book gives, but what do you want that reader to leave with once they finish your book? Um, I really want them to have a sense that, that Kendall really does try really hard to, to, um, do her best. And, and I think that, you know, no matter what, what you're doing, there's this sense that you're failing, um, that you're, that you're not good enough. Um, and, and I think that what I, what I think comes through in this book is that, you can't always know everything. You can't always save everyone, but the people that you can save and the good that you can do in life, do it. It doesn't have to be on a grand scale. It can be, um, you know, just the, a simple act of buying a child who's been in a horrible situation, a kitten. Um, it can be, you know, understanding that, that even though you didn't know what was going on in your best friend's life, you shared a bond that, that nobody can break that, that, um, even though she's gone, you know, that you spent a good deal of your life with this person and, and you, you just, you can't ever, you always have those memories. And so there's a part of life, even in sadness, you can see that there's light at the end of the tunnel and not everything. You just have to take your wins where you can. Um, so I hope that that's what comes through is that it's not just life isn't just horrible and horrible things can happen, but, but there, you have to look for the good and you have to hold on to, to those areas of light, um, you know, to kind of get you through the darkness. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Can you tell us the next project you're working on? I am working on book two in the Kindle Beck series. It is called Every Missing Girl. And um, our heroes, Adam and Kendall, are back at it again. Um, and the book releases February 7th of 2023. And in this one, it's uh, um, Adam that has a little bit of, of heartache and that his niece um, is missing. And so Kendall and Adam team up again to find his niece. Well, we'll be looking forward to seeing more about Kendall and Adam. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.